Welcome, everybody. For those of you that are new here, this is the Saniac Podcast, a one-stop shop for all things The Challenge. We produce live weekly recaps, written recaps, challenge news, badass sporkle quizzes, memes, and, like today, interviews. I'm Shawnee Suisa from Los Angeles. This is my awesome co-host, Zach Calhoun, from somewhere over the rainbow. Somewhere and... in the suburbs on the east. <laughs> somewhere far. And our guest, Mikey P. Hello. Mikey is a musician, MC, ninja warrior, personal trainer, influencer, and of course, as we all know him, Kayla's boyfriend. Mikey, yes. thanks for joining us today. What's going on? What's going on? How are you? Happy to be here. Thank you. So Mikey is here in case of, you you know, anybody is living under a rock these days on Twitter. Uh, he got into some Twitter hot water. A lot of people were digging up old tweets, you know, as they do uh, nowadays. And he was called out for some things and it sort of blew up into uh, this big scandal. And I think partly because Twitter was so quiet the past week. So this became, you know, the hot news and everybody was trying to go after you for all of this stuff from 2012. And, you know, some of it's a little bit recent, but uh, basically Mikey and I were talking and we wanted him to come on here to give us his side of the story and to talk about something that as you know the Saniac podcast we've been talking about since we first started the show which is this negative cycle of online hate and uh, crazy comments and and things that people send to people all the time so Mikey thank you so much no problem no I'm happy to be here yeah I mean I'm definitely in some hot water over the tweets but um, I think it all stemmed from me actually releasing a song that had this anti-bullying type of like, you know, mm. cadence to it and anti-suicide. But I think that people think I'm going out here to try and be like a role model or like the face of anti-bullying. My, um, my friend Brian and my friend Sydney were in a group called The Cav and we made a song in the perspective of a kid going to school and getting bullied or a teen getting bullied. Um, mm. And then kind of Sydney wrapped it all together. Like I wrote literally my lyrics in the perspective of that. I didn't write and say like, hey, I'm gonna be the face of anti-bullying because and by no way am I a saint. I've never actually claimed that. I'm sure none of us are that innocent. Uh, so I think that these old tweets, yes, I mean, a lot of them are probably out of line and especially some of the most recent ones, but I never said I was trying to be a role model. That was the first yeah. thing. That I, I never claimed that. That's actually a good, you know, that's actually something that people don't realize so often is that, you know, celebrities back in the day, if you're looking at 30 years ago before Instagram and stuff, they had, you know, preparation. They had a whole team around them constantly saying, well, you're a role model to people. You know, there's like an entire group of people dictating every word that they throw out there. And nowadays, you know, being an influencer, it can happen so quickly, almost overnight for some people. And yeah. then boom, everything they've said for the past 10 years is under the microscope. And it's like, why aren't you a role model? And then you guys are like well I I don't I I just wanted to go on a TV show I just wanted to do yeah. this like I wasn't that wasn't my plan you know I didn't try to be Oprah and so there's a lot of that confusion and I think our our definition of what people are in terms of in the media has to change and it has to expand because the people that are in the media is expanding you know and they're holding you to some sort of pope-like standard and also the responses are not so great. And I think that's something that we also need to touch on for sure. But well, let's that's start what with you, that. Yeah, that's what you brought up originally. Like the responses we're getting. Yeah, um, it's insane. It's nuts. It's crazy. We'll get into some specifics for all of you guys, but let's talk about that uh, that most recent one that people are talking about, which is this tweet um, that, uh, you know, albeit I completely disagree with the tweet, and it references, you know, child molestation, and, and I'm going to read it for you guys right now because uh, in case you guys haven't read it. So uh, somebody tweeted at Mikey, uh, but, you know, for better or worse, what got most traction was his response, which is, haha, got the child triggered, take your ball and go home, you lost your gar you lost your garbage bag, you deaf let your dad touch you in the evenings, after your mom goes to bed, you're creep. And, you know, that's something that I think 
anybody can say is obviously wrong, but give us a little bit in terms of what was going through your mind when that was happening and that, you know, that response. Yeah, obviously, I mean, I, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have wrote, I shouldn't have wrote that. I shouldn't have tweeted that. That was dumb on my part. But here's the problem, like prior to those type of things, I'm getting tweeted from this person. I kind of remember that one specific case. This person was like trying to like dig into me, telling me to go kill myself. My family should go die in a car fire. I should go drink bleach. There were so many tweets leading up to it that, yeah, I kind of stooped to this person's level and I probably shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Um, But you just think about the worst things. Like these people are tweeting me the worst things that they could possibly say to me. It's like, I go, what can I do to one up to them? That's, That's basically what a Twitter battle is. And it doesn't mean that I'm trying to like, really be this this mean of a person it's just like fuck i i stooped to this person's level and i probably shouldn't have but damn the shit they say to you first it's like they get you there sometimes i'm not a role model like I honestly you, man that's like like that's the twitter generation though is it's people are going to go in on you and go in on you they're going to push you as hard as as they can and, and they they want that reaction and and all of a sudden you know they, they say the worst things to you and then you react and then it's out there for everyone to see and, and you see this all the time it happens with athletes it happens with with television stars movie stars 100 i think that i i tweeted the other day i said that like i not necessarily internet trolls but people that are trying to gain uh, gain a reaction from celebrities because i actually called one girl out for saying something to me and then one of my fans found a tweet from her and was basically like haha i left a comment on Khloe Kardashian's page and then I got blocked. Yes, this is like my hobby. Like that that explains everything right there. They're going to say whatever they possibly can say to you to gain a reaction and at that moment they they seem like they're right or they're acting like they're right and then automatically when I respond back, now they're a victim. Mm. It that's mm-hmm. kind of stupid. It's like don't you can't you can't play like both ends of the sword. You got to pick one way or the other. Definitely. I th- I think that there's that's that's see that's my problem with all of that in general is the social media fighting is that it's a cycle because it's you know if you're in person with someone like for example there was actually a great example <clears throat> of this ex- prime concepts on challenge fans yesterday where somebody commented on a post about Marie and it was like something about how she's not even that pretty and da 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 and it was just a really stupid comment it was just like out of left field for no reason and Marie's really active in challenge fans so she responded yeah. and you know Marie's been going through a freaking really tough time the past few weeks and so to read that is like that's a shitty thing to see and the person who originally wrote the comment responded responded almost the most it's it's just like exactly what i would imagine which is oh i'm so sorry i can't believe you know you saw this like i I actually really like you you know like I, i shouldn't have said that and right in front of our eyes we saw what our words can do to a person and we also saw what how little people really realize when they originally send something out that's negative what that can do like they don't actually think it's hitting anybody they don't think it's reaching anybody so then when somebody responds they're like whoa like you know i didn't even think that that would get to you but it does yeah we're more active i mean we're all more active on on these social media sites than everybody thinks like we see a lot like, or somebody will just tag me in something and I'll eventually just see it. I mean, I, I witness it with Kayla all the time. Kayla, she tries to avoid all the negative. She really mm. does. Like a lot of times I'll even step in and just start blocking people and just, just so she doesn't see stuff. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, you, you see it. It's just, it becomes in front of your face. And then sometimes you just stoop to their level and you react and you shouldn't, but I mean, we're all human. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's something that our audience needs to realize. You know, they were sending us a lot of stuff, um, questions and things. And a lot of them were really aggressive. I'm not going to lie. And it just made me realize how, 
you know, what what would they do? What would you respond to if you were in that position where someone's telling you, you know, go kill yourself, go kill yourself? It's like, I- I'm sorry, but I've seen some of the fan interactions online. I know you guys wouldn't take the higher ground on a lot of those cases. Like, there's just no chance. I you know. know, a good 80% of you for sure would respond in a way that I probably wouldn't agree with, you know? And that's that's just the way it is. Like, those are in- our internal emotions. We can't really change those. Um, but I think something that's that was brought up also was the tweets that you made in terms of fat people and things like that. And I know, for example, like when I was a kid, I was kind of a bully because I was overweight. I was really insecure. I bullied everyone around me to basically get my own emotions out there. And, you know, that was I don't know how long ago. But I mean, even Shawnee five years ago was a whole other person. So these are from 2012 where you're making fun of fat people. I'd love to give you a chance to, you know, defend yourself on that because now you're a whole other human being. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, like on Twitter, I didn't even know like what, what I was trying to do, like trying to find my voice. I didn't know if I wanted to go shock value. I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. Like mm-hmm. um, I'm friends with this guy, Kirill, you know, uh, he goes by Slut Whisper on Instagram. And like we, we all went through, no, and he all he does is post memes. I'm sure you guys have probably seen him. So we were trying to like go through this thing. It's like, do we want to post jokes and stuff like that online? And then eventually I was just like, nah, this is not me. I'm in the fitness. I literally train people daily. I'm constantly trying to get people to reach their goals. People are messaging me, emailing me every day for me to send them diet and workout plans. And I just, I like that route better in, in the, in like the theme of things. And we all like comedians, everybody jokes about stuff. And I thought maybe that would have been the route I wanted to go at 1.5, six years ago, seven years ago, but then it just wasn't me. I don't know. I just didn't like it. And, um, I kind of like the person I am today. And the amount of positivity that I like to bring to the fitness world. And I'm constantly surrounding myself by around these like positive, influential people that are just trying to reach goals. And I like to help people as much as I can. It's just, I'm, I'm way changed from that. And that is like, that is another thing that we're running into with Twitter now, which is all the rage is, you know, now that Twitter has been around for over a decade at this point, people are just scrolling backwards through everyone's tweets. Like anybody that has any modicum, of fame and they're scrolling backwards and scrolling backwards and they're seeing what kind of dirt they can find and then it's exactly. getting retweeted and people are, are getting under hot water but it's like you're talking about something that happened seven years ago yeah and if you want to track your growth over seven years like it's insane that's like me looking back at you know my old zanga profile or myspace profile when <laughs> Dude, I, was 15 I, I couldn't even I, tell you what was on my myspace back in the day I'm sure <laughs> yeah. it wasn't great uh, I was really, I was really mean at one point. I, you know, a lot of people oh really God. like me. They say I'm a really nice person now. And, we, you know, we get a lot of praise and stuff in the comment section. But, I mean, you guys have to understand, like, the, five years ago, Shawnee was not the same person I am today whatsoever. Like, I was a bitch. There was a time. You know, yeah, I slap no. people at clubs for hitting on me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually I tweeted about a year ago. I, I actually just retweeted this again because they were trying to bring up the tweets from 2012. But a year ago, I said, making fun of a fat person at a gym is like making fun of a homeless person at a job fair. I can't fuck with yeah. somebody like that. Like, yeah. you, can't, you can't mess with somebody that's trying to achieve the goals. If I see a person in a gym and he's overweight or she's overweight and he's working or she's working to get where they want to be, I, I love it. I even go up to the people, I adapt them. I'm like, yo, you're going to get there. Like, cause I, I love seeing that because everybody wants to reach a goal, especially in today's world. Everything's so fabricated with what they see online. Everybody's fucking posting shake weight and this, that, and everybody's trying to get to this, this ultimate image. And when everybody, some, when, like whenever somebody's trying to get there, I praise them. I think that's awesome. So I like what um, I like what Heather said in the comment section here. This is the first thing we'll focus on. She says it, it is important to not only apologize, but also be an example moving forward to show how you have changed. Mm-hmm. And that's that's pretty much exactly what you're tracking is like being encouraging of people, reaching fitness goals, trying to, you know, 
better things that they might be self-conscious about with themselves. And, and, and that those things are important. Like that is how you track personal growth within yourself. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. I feel like everybody has to grow as a, as people and as a human, cause we're all, we're all changing every day. We're just trying to be the best we can be. And you can't, can't fault everybody for what they do in the past. Definitely. What do you think is something that the fans could do in terms of holding influencers and, you know, people on social media accountable for wrong tweets and, and wrongful words? Like, what can they do that isn't so horrendously aggressive, like telling you to go die because you said something bad? Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I think more of like a, a like a less aggressive approach is going to get a more positive response. Like because if you're constantly attacking somebody who said something in the past, they're they're going to feel like they're on the defense at all times. So they're just going to mm -hmm. block you and mute you. I mean, that's that's one thing. And then you're going to try and barrel roll it into something else. I think just the more positive approach. Like I know Kayla is going to respond to something. Even if you're if you're coming at her with some criticism, she's going to respond to you in a positive light or a better way if you do it in a more like sane or human way like you you're not like we're not a, like a, a barrel of fire you know like yeah. you can you can come at us like kind and we're probably going to respond to you nicely i don't yeah, know like hey at i am mikey p i don't really think these were so cool like maybe you should look into this instead of hey at i am mikey p uh you should go die because of what you <laughs> said you're a horrible human being you trash you know literally kill all your family i mean this is what people say you know and if you look at things that for example like with amanda and stuff i know this is something a lot of the challenge fans have seen because her hate is super public it's like she'll do something bad on the show and then they'll you know, they'll attack her online with what I think are worse things. It's like she told Kara's horse to die. Now people are telling her to die. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's like, that's sort of like an uneven balance. I'm sure you've seen quite a few examples of that because, you know, lot. being friends with the shows, and, you know, with the cast members and stuff. So what's, if you could pick out like a few really extreme times where you've, you've noticed this or, you know, with people that it's, it's sort of happened, I don't know, maybe with Devin recently, things like that. Like what comes out to you as, as memorable in that area? I mean, the, I think the Devin and Johnny thing was a lot uh, because they, I, I know that Johnny said some things about Devin on the show after his father died or, and all that stuff like that. And I, I kind of like sided with Devin a little bit more than anything else because what he was, what Johnny was saying was like an insensitive time. And I definitely, uh, I think that people like siding with Johnny and constantly coming at Devin online and basically like telling him like, Hey, your dad deserved it or something like that. Or, mm. or I, you're, you're a horrible example for your father. Like stuff like that is like, it's way too personal. And I've also seen with Kayla's people, I've seen fans attack Kayla's mom on Twitter. Like, I mean, there's, there's limits, you know, and, but they don't ever, there's, there's never like a boundary where they stop. They always try to push that limit and go overboard. And it's, it's almost like, how much can you take type thing? Yeah. There was actually a few questions that we got sent in about that in terms of your, yours and Kayla's relationship on social media, because a lot of people don't seem to understand why you both defend each other so much. Obviously there's obvious reasons there, but what's the, what's the sort of back, you know, backstory behind that? Cause it seems like it happens more often than with other couples. I mean, with, uh, with me and Kayla, we've kind of, we, we have an understanding. It's like, we're a team, everything we're doing, we're trying to build together. We have a YouTube together. We do a lot of our gigs together. Like I've emceed and done radio and I've done music my entire life. So I have a lot of ins with clubs that Kayla might not have. So I can get myself booked for a club and then maybe like get Kayla attached to it as well. And that might get some hate and be like, oh my God, they're trying to do everything together. It's like, yeah, we are because we, we, we make money together. We live together. Our cars are together. Our house is together. Like we're trying to do everything together because we want to get rich together. That's like the whole thing. You want your family, your friends, you guys all you, you want to build together. So I think people see that as a threat or like, 
or just like being weird. I don't know. I, I just think it's a, uh, rather than trying to do everything separate, we live together. We're both in the entertainment industry. We're both trying to build a brand together. Why don't we just not keep it separate? And then when people come at us online, yeah, we're going to, we're both going to feel, uh, I kind of like ready to defend each other because this is both our brand. This is both our business. I try to stay out of the challenge stuff as much as possible. Cause to be honest, I don't really watch the challenge. I know everybody always asks about it. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't really watch the challenge. I don't think I've actually watched the full season of the challenge since CT had abs. So, um, and <laughs> so I, I have a history. Like, I used to host, like, spring break back in the day in, like, 2008 with CT, Nick Brown, all those people down in South Padre Island. Yeah, whoa. So, I mean, I've known CT for quite a long time and all this like previous stuff and like the new challenge stuff, like, yes, Kayla's involved in it. And yes, I see like episodes here and there, but I really don't watch it as much as people think. Like I'll catch stuff here and there and that's about it. I watched so this the- brings me, um, like this brings me to the next thing that I want to talk about. And this is something that I'm interested about with you is that people always say how like reality stars all, all run in, run in circles or, or like they all overlap. And from what you're saying, so you were hosting Spring Break, you knew CT, you ran with those guys. Uh, uh, you know, people have read about how you and Ronnie from Jersey Shore go way back and that you were, you know, hanging around those guys when Jersey Shore was filming, you know, at its, at its peak, you know, in like 2010, 11, 12. And it's, it's almost like you were bred for reality television. Like, how do you know these people? How does this all come Dude, about? It's like crazy. I think working in the nightclub, um, all the nightclub industry and doing music kind of like made it all happen. The Jersey Shore stuff, my family actually has a house in Seaside. And when they were mm-hmm. filming down there, we, we met. And that was literally when I met Paulie and Ronnie. Like, we were on the show. We oh. met. And that's why people why I appeared on the show a couple of times. And we just became close. And then Ronnie's become, like, one of my really, like, good friends. Paulie's been, like, one of my really good friends for the past 10 years. And then I think all the reality stuff, I don't know. It's just, like, we host events. I was doing Philly stuff. We'd have some show up. I was doing spring break stuff. I'd have people with there. And you just kind of make connections with people. And I think it's because I'm not really going at these people trying to be fans of them. I don't really watch them on the shows. I, it's like I did an event with them. I got drunk with them that night. And you know what? We had a memory, and now we're just cool. And then when they come to Vegas, they hit me up. They're like, oh, take me out, and this and that. So it's just I think it's just like more of like a natural friendship rather than like a fabricated anything. Like we, mm. we're just cool with I you. I think that makes a lot of sense because, you know, people always talk about how in like the glory days of the challenge, the nightclub scene and the bars and the bar appearances, that was like the moneymaker. That's, that's where 100%. people like, like Wes and, and, and Johnny and all them, that's where they could make a shit ton of money getting paid for those appearances. So it makes a lot of sense that if you were running through that, that you guys would all overlap that way. Yeah. Um, and I was, and I was, I was from the Philadelphia area. So a lot of those people came through there. I was hosting clubs in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So we had a constant rotation of real world, the challenge, I love money. I love New York. Whatever you could possibly think of. <laughs> yeah, I love those. Or shows. running through the. <laughs> so you just, I, I couldn't help but meet them. Mm. Well, it's, I mean, it's the same thing as if you work in any sort of industry. You're likely to know people in that industry a lot more than, let's say, another. You know, so this is the same sort of circle. They're doing the same sort of type of work. You know, you're, you're bound to bump into each other. Yeah. Um, we have a couple questions about Ronnie in the comment section. What do you think about Ronnie going to rehab? Like, what's, what's been the whole. Um, you know, process as a friend with him in the past few months? Well, Ronnie is, Ronnie's a very toxic person right now, especially with the stuff that's going on with Jen. And I've told that right to his face. He's, he's been in situations where he's, he's needed, he's needed his friends and me and his one specific friend, TJ from uh, Arizona, somebody he grew up with. We've been there very close with him. We've known he's been in rehab, but obviously we couldn't say anything. 
Um, and he just got out and I'm proud of him because he did that on his own. You know, he needed to just, he needed to go. He needed to get away from Vegas. He needed to get away from Jen for a little bit and just help himself first because like sober Ronnie is a great person, you know, like once he starts drinking, he's, he becomes a little bit different. And I was, I was just praying and hoping that he did it. And he finally did it for himself. And I'm really happy with him. I was texting with him earlier and I'm just, I'm happy. He's out here right now. I'm going to try and go hit the gym with him and just like see him as like, you know, a happy person. And hopefully it just stays like this. I really think he can be because when I met him, he was like this happy go lucky juice head Guido Ronnie from the shore <laughs> that everybody either loved or hate, but you loved him and hate him because like you met him a certain way. You saw him come in the house, you saw him grow with Sam and everything like that. You either learn to love him or learn to hate him. But now it's becoming you're you have to hate him because he's doing bad things. And he, he was never doing that before. Him throwing a, a, a mattress off a balcony was nothing compared to what's happening now. So I think Yeah, yeah like you, you could you could really tell when the show came back and you watch and it's like, man, the, the, you know, this guy, he's he's not doing so well. Like yeah. something is just is just off. And you know, as as you know, reality television, it, it is a big, crazy family and community of fans. And it's like, you know, nobody wants to see it get to that point. We're Ever. watching to be entertained, yeah. but that's, that's not like, that's not real entertainment. And if that's what you're watching for, then you need to reevaluate because he is, he is a father, he has a family, like people. And that goes right back to the Twitter discussions. And when people are going at you and Amanda and Ashley, and they're saying all these things, these are people who have families, they have real life. And yeah. the only like snap the people who the trolls who go after you they only know snapshots of your life they they don't they know what they see and what they read and what they run with yeah they know what we let you they they see what we let you see i mean that's pretty much what what the whole concept of uh of social media is you know like you you try to put yourself in the best light on social media so you only see certain glimpses that we allow you you don't see us like on a personal level and that's what i think they they separate i i think i saw a tweet the other day um I don't know if it was Sylvia. Some one of the challenge people tweeted Sylvia, something. I remember that. Yeah. He tweeted something really good. And I, I can't remember the entire like paragraph of it. Maybe I don't know if you could pull it up or whatever, but I'll it, find it. Yeah, we retweeted it. Said, how do you like almost like how do you think that you know us from this little glimpse that you see? Especially on an edited show where they the they take whatever they want and they just put it in your face. They don't really allow you to see anything. That's that's what that's what we try and encourage. And I don't know how good of a job we're doing, but like we want <laughs> we, we want try. smarter, like more educated reality television watching. Like like understand what you're watching. Understand the editing process. Embrace it for what it is. Don't take it too seriously. Like that that is honestly the mission statement of the entire podcast. Yeah. And that leads me to that leads me to my next big point. Wait, hold on, Zach. Uh, Let me read this out for people in case they haven't okay. seen it. So this is from Sylvia. It blows my mind how people can actually watch a TV show and truly believe they know someone through and through. Hell, you can be related to someone, married to someone, and still not really know them. What makes you think watching them on TV is known is knowing the real them? Crazy. That's a great yeah. tweet. Like, yeah, it is. Awesome tweet. So, so Mikey, you've come in contact with a lot of haters and a lot of trolls on Twitter. So let's bring this full circle here. How much of this do you think is fueled by the crazy uh fan army of Cara Maria and like her toxic social media <laughs> fan base. I get I get that a lot. And I, I think it I think it could be very true because I, I I know that Kayla and Cara have this like I call it make believe beef because I really don't think that they hate each other. Um mm -hmm. but I feel like in the in the public eye they it looks like they do. I mean I have nothing against Cara at all. I think the girl is a beast. I really do think she's a, a very athletic girl who's very strong and very great at these shows. Um so I, I think that these people 
because I date Kayla, they just automatically have to hate me. I think that's kind of like what it is. It's like, all right, he dates Kayla, hate Mikey. And I, I think there's really nothing else but that. And I think like, it, it just seems like for, for whatever reason, it, it is this tie to Cara. It's like who the fans deem is against Cara. They will, they'll, that's who gets the death threats. Um, I, I've talked to Marie about this before, how everybody hated Marie. All of Cara's fans, mm-hmm. they talked all the same shit to mm-hmm. Marie. And then they team up and all of a sudden they love Marie. Now you've got all yeah. the Marie fan accounts. And it's just, it's a weird way, like it's a weird way to dictate how everything goes. And, and I, just, I, I don't like it. I, I think it sets a bad precedent. And I think that's why a lot of the, the people on the show and the people related to the show are getting so much hatred online. It's the Cara and the Johnny people. Yeah, I can see that. Part. I mean, because they've been they've been on the show for I mean, what seventeen, eighteen years, exactly. or whatever it is. So they've yep. developed the biggest fan base, the biggest fan army, and like they're constantly gonna defend the people that they love. Um, and I don't think that's gonna go away. I really don't. No matter what we say or want to happen, I don't think it's gonna go away. I think people just have to understand. It's like just because I date Kayla doesn't mean like I dislike Kara. I really don't have an opinion. I don't care either way. So. Um, but I think that I think it's just this make-believe beef that they think Kayla and Cara has, and they think Kayla thinks about her twenty-four-seven. And I couldn't—they couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, yeah I, I don't see that. I don't see that at all. We have a comment from someone named KT Marie, and I really would like to know what you mean by this shit is so biased. Are you referring to the fans? Are you referring to this podcast? Because if you have questions, guys, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen us before, if you're new here right now, but me and Zach will talk about virtually anything and we'll accept any questions. And we're here to look at all of these things from an outside perspective. So that's something that we strive to do on our recaps, on our interviews, whatever it is that we're doing. That's our whole outview on it. And just tying back into the Cara and Kayla stuff, would you say that a lot of times when you guys post something that's like shady, but also kind of funny, it's just for comedic purposes, just to get like things a little bit riled up because people don't realize that that actually happens. Dude, it's a hundred percent of the time. I mean, we're, we're messing around on Twitter. You're, you're trying to get retweets. You're trying to like have fun, you know, like that's why I'm sure like whenever you guys post something, you have to have some type of witty thing in there, some type of thing <laughs> where that mm-hmm. might draw somebody in. That's, that is literally the concept of media. Media today, like the the headline, the thing that grasps you and bring you in, like they're not, you're not going to put something and be like, new video, watch. You're going to have something that yeah. goes into this, goes into this. Wow, can't believe Cara said this, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> now all of a sudden everybody's like, oh my God, let's kill this, po- this podcast. That's what they want to do. But that's, you have to have something that draws people in. Otherwise, you're going to fail in, in the media world. I, I took media in college. I was in radio for nine years. I know how it works. <laughs> Definitely. that's. What, I mean, I studied communication, so I, I see this stuff all the time, and it's crazy how easily I find that people buy into this stuff, like nonstop. You know, they're like, oh, wow, this, you know, this insane feud, this is happening. You know, that's going down. And, it's, and then they get so riled up, and it's the same thing like we're talking about with the stands. It's, you know, they, they buy right into it. They right into it. Literally, it takes nothing. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people don't even realize mm-hmm. if somebody's commenting on your post not to give away, like, secrets and stuff, but there's Instagram bots out there that, you know, you can pay for it. And they'll do a lot of this stuff for you. And it's people are so and it's not like the information isn't there. You could look this all up. It's all online. If Just you Google, <laughs> it'll take you zero seconds to figure it all out. And in terms of reality TV, there's shows out there that expose everything that producers do, uh, like Unreal and things like that. And people still are kind of clueless onto this stuff. And that's something that I think people also don't realize is how much producers have a hand in the content that's being shown out there, like the feuds and things that are happening. So can you touch on that a little bit in terms of like the outside forces that make these things go? Well, 100%. I mean, I've like, 
I haven't been on the challenge, obviously. I haven't been in that, but I've been on other reality shows. I did Dating Naked. I did this, Naked. this show called Focus Rally America where I drove across the country in a Ford Focus on Hulu. I mean, I've seen it. Like, there's a lot of moments where it's coached, where producers, like, are kind of there, you know, and almost, like, got it. And then alcohol is involved. So, like, you're going to see moments get, like, really escalated because they are drunk. They have no phone. Mm. They have no TV. They have no magazine. They, they take it to the next level, obviously. And plus, they're trying to make TV. They want to have their camera time. So, and then producers can take something that happened a week earlier and then put it together with like this week. And then all of a sudden now it looks like this feud's happening with this other person. They can make you look like you're fighting anybody in the house. And I don't think people understand that. Yeah, they really don't. They don't realize the power of editing. I think because I have an editing background, I really get it. Like I could put together a string of, of a sen- I could put together a sentence from anybody, I'll, you know, exactly. out there and I could produce it as a podcast and say this person said this on our show. I mean, easily. It's not even that hard to do. And people don't see that. You know, if the camera cuts away from somebody that's in an interview and the audio is sort of cha- like chances are that audio isn't exactly what they said. That's probably like four or five different sentences thrown yep. together. Especially when so- there's five cameras shooting the same thing, too. And like different <laughs> they have. Yeah. No idea. It's it's insane. I mean, I'm sure some people do. There's some smarter internet trolls that do understand, but I would say the majority of them, they really don't see, they don't understand what they're actually seeing a lot of the time. Because a lot of times, even Kayla will sit there and be like, well, that didn't happen that way. And I'll be like, well, you're right. <laughs> uh, yeah, Shani, we've got, um, we've got Rodriguez and she says, well, this sucks. He sucks. His girlfriend sucks. <laughs> I, well, I, Rodriguez, I hope you have a good day. I hope you have an awesome, awesome, awesome fucking day. Yeah, I, I hope, hope you have honestly, a good day. I hope your day is fantastic. I hope that whatever pain you have internally heals itself <laughs> because it seems like there's a lot of that. Nobody comes on and spews that kind of negativity anywhere without they a bunch of inner turmoil. Yeah. You know, you have to be hurting inside to be able to say that kind of stuff on the outside. So exactly. hopefully... Oh, this, this is, um... This is another major one here. A uh, good friend of ours, Nelson. Mikey, he asks, are you going to EDCLV with Kayla this year? He wants to link up. I think I actually am. We were just talking about that the other day. And um, I'm trying to get at least passes to the Saturday. So absolutely, we can link up. All we're right. Just, All we right. have to get drinks go, prior. Not, we're not, yeah. not spending $17 for drinks at EDC. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There, there, there's hope. EDC Vegas was fun. I went to the first one that was there, actually. That was, whoa, that was crazy. Oh, it's um, a good time. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. So, so Mikey, you're a, uh, you're like a Philly Jersey dude. That's, that's, that's where I'm from. That's where I'm out. out yeah, at. I was born in um, Bucks County. Like, uh, just <laughs> out, yeah. I, I'm, I'm from Montgomery County. So yeah, oh, nice. literally, yeah. Yeah, right yeah my, my family, I was, I was grew up in Levittown, PA, and then South Philly. And now I have family over in like the Cherry Hill, New Jersey area. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we, we know a couple people on, on the pages who are right around there. I used my, my band used to record in Levittown. Like it's, it's all awesome. the same stomping grounds, man. Yeah, going to the going to the shore and all that stuff. I love going home. I love going to see everybody. Yeah, um, see, Shani, right. you tried to tried to rip on the East Coast earlier, and you're outnumbered. Okay, <laughs> fine. Go back to the East Coast. How is it doing right there right now? Is it is it nice? Is it, well, is I it live in Vegas feeling now, good so outside? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little cold. I had to yeah, make the move. <laughs> a little cold. Um, okay, so let's talk about your Ninja Warriors stuff because there was also some challenge beef that related to this, but also just the fact that you've done Ninja Warriors. And I used to watch the show a lot, and I didn't know that you were close friends with um, Chris Wilczewski. That's how, Chris Wilczewski is literally the person that trained me in order to get like all the techniques. That's and pretty all, amazing. Like I've always, like I've been a strong person growing up. I wrestled for 17 years. So I always was like strong, athletic, all that stuff. But then I saw Ninja Warrior and I'm like, shit, I could probably do this, but I have to learn the techniques. Mm. Like fast forward, there's a gym in Haynesport, New Jersey, down the street from my parents' house that Chris Wolcheski owns. I'm like, whoa, t- 
All right. What's it called again? What's that? I, I know which one you're talking about. It used to be the, called uh, the Warrior Warrior Lab, and then they changed it to the Movement Lab recently. Movement and then lab. they opened one in Ohio. They opened one in um, Los Angeles. So Chris still works at the one in um, in Jersey. So I went there, and I'm like, dude, I want to um, I want to do this. Like, can you help me? And then he taught me all these techniques, and I became pretty good at it. And then I I was actually asked to do uh, season four made it to finals, season five, made it to finals. And then I came back for season six and got disqualified in like the first round over some dumb shit. Uh, oh, that sucks. But I'm still very involved in the community. And I still like, I'm going to the gyms at all times. I'm actually just planning a trip to Denver to go to this place called Ninja Nation. And I try to just like link up with all these guys as much as possible because they are like some of the coolest, strongest, most athletic people you'll ever meet in your entire life. And I love being mm. around these people. The Colorado Ninjas are great. That's like the Brian Arnolds, right? Dude, like them. They, they're the yeah, rock they're, climbers. They're, yeah, the ones they're, that, they're fucking crazy. They're the crazy. scary ones. They don't, they don't mess shit. with them. <laughs> Honestly, they could scale brick buildings. Like, they're just, they're not normal. No. It's, it's always that group of them. They're, they're, they're really so nuts. <laughs> like, it's, the, it's pretty insane what people can do. I mean, what, what would you say is your favorite Ninja Warrior obstacle that you that is, like, beyond difficulty, but that you were so proud of being able to do? Um, I, I, well, the spider wall, when I did that in the finals and competition, that was like huge because everybody was falling left and right, left and right. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't fall. Now I'm getting in my head. I'm going to fall. I knew I was going to get to the obstacle. So I got through it and I, I was like, so happy. I'm going through it, going through. I go to the next obstacle. I fall. because <laughs> I, was so, I was so hyped. I got through the spider wall. And it's, it's probably so exhausting. Do you feel like you guys burn out? I, I, I've never been able to hold my, I can't hold myself up for shit, like let alone by my fingertips. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, it's good. It's cool. Like I can do all the obstacles. I, I, genuinely, I gen, genuinely feel I can do all the obstacles. It's being able to do them back to back to back to back using your mm. static strength. Like it's just, it gets hard after a while and you're exhausted. But I mean, you have the crowd, it's the adrenaline going. Like you're just trying to do everything you can to like uh, just show off or show out and do, just win i mean it's such a cool feeling I, I can't describe it other than that yeah it is pretty how so were you there when bananas performed when he did his like his ninja warrior no that was this first past, look there was this past um this past year i don't think he it was in vegas i don't i think it was like in a local city he went to oh like, okay fine okay fine yeah i only they, watched it briefly but he didn't make it through basically it was the no, whole he, point. i think he fell in the second <laughs> obstacle <laughs> so what people also want to know about and they're asking in the comments since we're talking about ninja warrior is um is natalie mm -hmm. natalie d and and some of the things that you had to say there and, and some of the drama with, with that if you just want to elaborate on all that a little yeah. bit i I still stand behind what I said. I wasn't trying, like, that's not me being a bully. It's me having an opinion. All I said was, I have been in this Ninja Warrior community for a while, and I, I think it's awesome. I do think it's awesome that they're bringing Ninja Warrior people onto the challenge. That's great. They're getting more recognition. The only thing I said was, I think there's other, there's other people involved. Not, like, me, fine, but that's whatever. It doesn't even have to be me. There could be, like, a Jamie Wrong, Chris Wilczewski, uh, Jesse Graff, Michelle Warnke, Travis Winan, Travis mm. Brewer. All these people that have literally, like, blood, sweat, and tears made it to finals, like, four or five years in a row. And then they're sitting back, and they're just like, wow, this girl that has never even made it to the finals, never even been up the warp wall, she gets to go over me. That's basically what I'm, what, what they're saying. And I talked to it. Chris Wilczewski's one of them. He kind of felt slated too, because like he's he's pretty involved, and the guy is a good character. He's been in in this for like eleven years, I think. He did all. No, I think he did all but one. And then they just get overlooked, and I I think that's crazy to me because. They're, Wait, so they weren't. So none of them were actually called. I assume like there was some rounds made within the Ninja no, Warrior community. There was like one other person called, and I don't think he could do it. Uh, Flip Rodriguez. 
Oh, I love Flip. Um, he would have been great. He's like Flip, a super. Flip would have been amazing. Yeah, if they picked yeah. Flip. That would have been great. But how do you go from Flip to Natalie Duran? That's what like. Yeah. I actually listen I can actually agree with that because I watch Ninja Warrior like I know all these people and when I when I saw that Natalie was there I assumed they had probably made the rounds through quite a few of them and they like you know some of them just didn't want to do it or whatever yeah. and it was but I had no idea that it was only two of them called yeah they're I, the only two that came well Flip's the only other person that came forward that I've heard that got a call there might have been others but you might agree with me on this a lot of the Ninja Warrior Ninja Warrior characters they don't have the like the biggest personalities in the world mm. a lot of them are very like like low key, you know, like more like chill. Like they're there, yeah. athletic, and that's it. Then some of them though ha have a great personality and they do stand out. But there's a there are people that I would have picked first. I mean, that's just that's just me. That's why I assume they picked Natalie because I didn't realize she was that. I mean, I didn't realize any of the Ninja Warriors had like big personalities to be honest. And so when she was on the screen and she was, you know, saying stuff that was a little bit, you know, spicy, I was like, oh, okay. I yeah. was like, she's not, you know, I thought that they were all saints because everybody's so cute at the competition and like cheering each other on. It's like nothing is ruthless there whatsoever. So when I saw that, I thought to myself, oh, maybe that's why she's the one who got picked because she's a little bit, you know, sassy and whatever it is. But, you know, I do agree. There's so many other people that that could have been chosen so, so like, you know i think that's good. it's good that they pick somebody i mean hopefully this opens the door for other people from ninja warrior to get uh to get cast for the show i mean i really yeah. i really do because there's other people on the show that are so deserving yeah. So that's something, you know, within the fans, they have to realize, like, when you make a comment like that, it's not to say, like, Natalie is horrible, she's the worst human in the whole world. It's to say, like, exactly what it is you said and to not read into it, not to yeah. read between the lines and to assume it's, like, the most horrible thing you can say. Everybody's allowed to criticize something. This was a production, you know, criticism. This wasn't even a criticism on Natalie, per se. So yeah, that's something we wasn't. all have to be aware of. And she and a uh, girl. She is a strong girl. She, I've seen, like, uh, all of her YouTube videos. I went to the uh, rock climbing gym with her before. I mean, mm -hmm. she's a strong girl. It's not even about that. It's just my personal opinion. And then yeah. this is the greatest part. And this, this is internet. This is social media, Twitter. They were like, well, why'd you tag her? The reason is, if I didn't tag her, you'd say, why didn't you tag her? <laughs> yeah, why'd you subtweet her? <laughs> it's um, true. You can never really win, to be honest. Yeah. So we have a question from Irving, uh, one of the mods on Challenge fans, about something else that recently happened. And that, Hi, is, um, uh, that is Kayla's appearance on Lohan Beach House. I think he's saying that, that you said you wish she didn't go on the show. Um, yeah, what because, was, yeah, what was going on with all dude, that? I mean, Kayla is just like, there was like so many things going on. I think that kind of like got to her just this whole like different type of reality. It started like, like just making her like really stressed out all the time, you know, like, and I was like, fuck man, I wish you just didn't do this fucking show. And, um, that was basically what it is. It's just like, it was a different type of stress, a different type of thing where she went into like the low hand show and she was like having to make this drama happen. It was kind of like very scripted in a way. She didn't really like it, you know, like it was like, oh my God, you guys are allowed to drink, but then now you're in trouble for drinking. Now you're going home for drinking. Like, you know, like she didn't really, that, yeah. it was just that, so that, confusing. That show seems like really whack. Um, I didn't and, watch and, it. And, it looks so shitty. We, <laughs> dude, like we love reality TV. I, I don't discriminate. I'll watch all reality TV, but you can tell sometimes you're watching, you're like, this is whack. Man. Yeah, you're just like, fuck this. <laughs> the one guy on the show, there's a, the guy on the mic, I seen his meme. It said, we're confused all the time and we never know what's going on. That is, <laughs> like, that's, this basically explains the whole show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, so I'm actually an admin on the reality TV fans group that we started recently. By the way, everyone should check that out. And quite a few people were posting about Lohan Beach House. I didn't realize it was going to be so popular. Um, and, and then obviously all the challenge fans tuned in for Kayla's episode and started the uh, Kayla's Beach House hashtag, which was fantastic. 
Lindsay, Lindsay deleted a post because of that and uh, she ended up going private. But I think the greatest part is the hashtag was trending. It got like 1,200. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> That's insane. Oh my God. Like, it's true. It did. It did. All because of a joke. Like Kayla was just joking around Kayla Beach Club and all of a sudden 1,200 tweets later. Like, <laughs> Um, all right, so let's talk. I know a lot of people are challenge fans that have come here, so we got to talk about Kayla, the challenge. But first off, let's start with Jenna, because I know that's how your sort of intro into Kayla began. And I think a lot of people are sort of foggy on the details and things like that. Um, but from what I understand is that you guys were both sort of dating, but it wasn't so serious. And then you both went on respective shows, um, you know, Challenge X's too, and then also Dating Naked. And so you decided to sort of split from there. So explain that whole story for all of us. Yeah, the me and Jenna thing, we all started from a, a DM. She slid in my DM and said, here's my number, call me sometime. That was how <laughs> the entire thing started. And then we just hung out for a little bit. It was like maybe four months of hanging out. And I was actually... In that time, I was in the um, like kind of middle of figuring out if I want to move to Vegas. And I'm like, ah, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And then ultimately, it's like I got called for the Dating Naked show. This was right before I went to Vegas. I'm like, I'm going to do this show. I know this thing with Jenna is not going to work out, so screw it. She went to do her other show. I already heard she was hooking up with somebody on the show. So I just went and did the Dating Naked show anyway. Mm. Um, and then we came back, and she acted mad. And then I found out she actually did cheat on me on the show. <laughs> and then, well, I cheated on her on the show. And like... <laughs> It was literally meaningless, but we still be, we still stayed friends because ultimately Jenna's a pretty cool girl. Like if you ever get to meet her, she's, she's just a cool person. Um, so we, we stayed friends. And then um, I met Kayla when she was filming Real World in uh, Vegas. They came to my, um, my work at Ghost Bar. I was hosting a day party and I was emceeing and just hung out with the whole cast. And then they invited me back to the house. I hung out with them a few days. And then me and Kayla kept in touch after the show. And then she was kind of deciding on whether she wanted to move to Vegas. So she came to visit a couple of times. And then I introduced Jenna and Kayla on FaceTime one time when, they were, when Kayla was at my house. And I was like, I know you guys are doing the next show together. You guys should be friends. And then they did Invasion. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, you guys should have a little alliance when you guys go into Invasion because Kayla's really cool. Jenna's really cool. I think you guys would be great together. And then they filmed Invasion. Um, and then after Invasion, Kayla actually made the leap to come to move to Vegas and she moved in with me to get a job. She got a job and she just never left. And now we're dating here two, two and a half years later or whatever. Wow, that's such a crazy story. I, I think everybody always assumed that it was Jenna that introduced Kayla to you. You know, no, that's, that's how it must have been. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Cool. So so now you and so you and Kayla have been living together ever since then, basically, ever since she moved. Yep. She, she moved in. Um, my, I actually had a roommate at the time and then my roommate ended up kind of getting like... <laughs> Like pushed out in a way, and then <laughs> Kayla got You're a like, job. Hi, roommate. Kayla's here. <laughs> yeah, That's now great. now two years later, I have stuff like this hanging on my walls, and um, all kinds of nice pictures and plants everywhere, and I'm I'm domesticated. <laughs> <laughs> so I know we have people in the comments who you know the typical question. I'm sure you get it all the time. Like, would you ever do a challenge? I, I feel like you would under the right circumstances. Yeah, right? I don't like, want if to just like a, do a challenge. I, I yeah. it has to be like if Kayla didn't, if Kayla would lose an opportunity, if I didn't do it, like if there was a couple's thing or if yeah. they needed me to do like an X and I had to be Jenna's fucking X or something like that. And yeah. Kayla had to be Corey's X. And that was, like, if there was like a certain stipulation where somebody would lose out, if I didn't do it, yeah, I would do it. But realistically, if I did a challenge and I left Vegas for two months, I'd be losing money. So I don't want to lose money. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Ooh, it's a long, um, it's a long period of time. This is a good question. Here's that. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, this one's from Michael. I really like this. So if you could like figure out some way or some piece of advice or something to help Kayla 
um, win the show? Like, do you think there's something in her game that she's lacking as to why she hasn't won, you know, won a season of the challenge yet? Like, is there something you think could help her out with that? Yeah, I, I, I talked about, I try to talk to her about this all the time, like going in every challenge. She needs the, she prepares, she definitely like works out and stuff like that. I just think that the second she gets in that house, she becomes surrounded by everybody. They want the drink, they want to party, they're not focused. And she loses, she, you kind of lose focus on like what's, what's the goal is. Like you're, you're worried about drinking and making drama when Cara's going in there and worried about winning $500,000 or a million dollars. You're, you're worrying about the wrong thing. I try to tell her all the time, like, go in there and don't fucking drink. Don't, or have a couple of drinks have, and then go to sleep. Like, don't worry about partying with everybody. You can see these people at any time outside of the show, literally anytime. And why don't you go on this show and try to fucking win? So you can win one of these and maybe take one off, you know, and like not worry about it. That's, mm-hmm. and I think, I think she's just so focused on the, on the party and the drama aspect of things. I think that's the worst part. And that's part of the reason why I never want to do the show because I don't care about all the drama and all that shit. I don't want to do it. If I went in there, I would be the most boring cast member there is. I would be just trying to win challenges. I would try to eliminate everybody and I would just try to win the show and I would never cause any drama. I would go to sleep all day until my challenge. Yeah, Kayla goes in there and you know you can at least tell in the last couple of seasons she's been on, like she goes in to have a good time. She competes well. But she's definitely gotten in some hot water and it seems like, you know, the partying aspect of it and her, you know, maybe being like having a little too much to drink probably contributed to some of the incidents that she's been in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, I just I mean, I hope if she ever does a challenge again, I hope she just goes in there and kind of refocuses everything. I try to train her the best way I can going into the show. And I feel like when she does go into the show, she's physically capable of winning. I really do. It's just I feel like once she gets in the show, she's here and it just kind of like goes downhill. Uh, we we got a Scott Yeager up in here. He, he wanted to let you know that you are a stud. I love you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk a little bit more in terms of um, uh, your music career because a lot of people know you and as you know the people that follow you in specific as a rapper, a musician, MC, and things like that. So why don't you get us started in terms you know how that how that whole thing started, how that came about? Uh, I know at sixteen was when you started having the passion for it in terms of wanting to make it in the industry and things like that. Yeah, I started doing music like Brown then, and then um, 17, 18. I, my senior year of high school, I started uh, skipping, skipping uh, high school in the morning to be an intern on the morning show in Philadelphia called Chi. <laughs> you probably know Chio in the morning. Yeah, Chio, of course. Okay, he, so he I was, was uh, he, yeah. I was, I was Chio's intern for about a year, and then, oh my um, God. And then they found out that I wasn't in college and I wasn't getting uh, credit. <laughs> so they either had to give me a job or fire me. So they gave me a job. Um, and then I ended up working there for about nine years. During that time, I created a group with my um, a couple of my buddies from back home called The Cav Five, and we started making music on MySpace and all that stuff like that. And we had a song called Tetris that went pretty viral. Has like almost six million streams on Spotify. I remember that song when I was in high school. Like that yeah. was a huge, huge song that came yeah. out. Everybody was like, "Oh my god, Tetris!" Tetris still pays my bills every single month. I could work. <laughs> I could not work, and I'm good. Um, <laughs> so, but we started getting looped into like the the jingle balls and the um, the Q concerts and the summer jams and all this stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that, that was like Q102 days for Chio. Exactly. So we did all those things, and then we just kind of started getting more popular, more popular, and then. We just were releasing new music. We got, ended up getting signed by this company in New York. We released um, this song called Dirty Style that ended up getting a lot of radio spins, a couple placements on TV shows. I did a movie in 2010 with the group called Standing Ovation. It was like a, like a high school musical type tour show thing that I wrote songs for the soundtrack. And then we kind of took a break for a while. And then I did a solo album. Um, and I had this song called Wake Up that did 
uh, almost 15 mm. million on the streams. That and, was the late last night album. Yeah, late last yeah. night, and then the the song "Wake Up" is what. I mean, it was all about social media and like kind of everything that's relevant, and that did really well for me. And then I was like, screw it, let's try and bring this group back together. Uh, and then we did, and we came out with this new album called New Life, and everything's been good. I mean, we've just been like pushing away. We got a couple placements on TV shows and movies, um, and it's just, just keeping going. And now we have this song called Let's Take a Walk, and we're just trying to push out this positive message, and hopefully it, it lands and gets us somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, music is such a hard – it's such a hard – it's such a hard industry to make yep. it in you know it's 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 non-stop i have a friend who's from london and it's taken him like 10 years just to get a visa to come here to work again and he was working here before and he's like he's done the rounds you know he's yep. he's been all over he's worked with you know everybody that anybody would know drake post malone all of them you know he's done all of that and he still has yet to make it and it's 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 ruthless it's it's non-stop you you gotta yeah. just it's like non, you know, you can't, you can't relent at all. It's so crazy. It's like, there's, there's so different, there's different levels of making it. Like I have a VMA. Does that mean I made it? No, not to me. Um, but it means that I have a VMA and I'm still working hard. It's you like, want a VMA? I have a VMA. Cool. Yeah. Yo, cool. <laughs> I, I needed to, to do more thorough research on that because that's, that's awesome, man. Like, yeah. like growing up for me, being an MTV kid and watching that, I, you know, it's, it's not the same now that it used to be. But, oh, best breakout I mean, Philly dude, artist. That's yep. awesome, man. Yeah, like watching that, like that that was major. That was a major part of my year was watching the VMAs. That's crazy. Zach's yeah. a musician as well. I mean, he he won't he won't mention it too much, but me and Zach know each other because we used to get into rap battles all the time. This oh, is like shit. how our, this is yeah. how our friendship I, started was I, was I, I pure. Don't, I don't have a VMA to my name though, so I, I I can't say anything. That's that's wild, man. But I think, I think thing it's relevancy. It's like, does it like there's there's different levels of making it. Like I I don't think you I don't think anybody ever makes it. I think Lil Wayne actually said something before. It's like like I've already done all this in the world, like all this that he's done, and he still says I haven't done I haven't I haven't done enough. I haven't made it yet. That's Lil Wayne. So I feel like there's never there's never a point where you actually feel like you made it. And I think that's why that's why music is just it's the hardest industry because you're always chasing something that's really not it's not realistic there's there's always something more you want yeah there's a yeah yeah i could see what you mean is and there's never really like a level but once you hit the top you still want to go higher you know you still want to want to yep. reach for for more stars um all right guys so we're going to wrap up the interview soon so if you guys have any last minute questions please drop those in now and mikey would you mind doing us a favor and getting a little kayla shout out from us right now you want kayla to come in and say hi <laughs> yeah oh, that'd be awesome kayla come here <laughs> she's like what <laughs> They just want you to say hi. That's okay. Yeah. Hi, Kayla. Hey, hey guys. All right, guys. You, go. you guys got a little peek that from Kayla. That just legitimized us. Wow, her hair is very vibrant right now. I'm digging yes. that color. Um, all right. Well, thank you. Honestly, Mikey, thank you so much. This has been a great interview. I hope everybody tunes in and, you know, tunes into your, your new song as well. Yes. So people can Appreciate see, you know, it's, it's an important message. I mean, that's something that we got to get across out there. So hopefully this gives people an inside look into the fact that, you know, social media, influencers, reality TV stars, whatever you're seeing on the screen is a hundred percent not what is actually there you know you're gonna 100%. you're missing yeah you're missing a big big part of the story guys so stop judging stop you know stop coming at them with insanity and let's start bringing some more sanity to things as the saniac podcast preaches every single week yeah and we was uh, awesome this was fun guys yeah this was we great and we'll see it, you guys later you. we'll see you guys later for our recap uh, right after the episode of 10 15 all right thank you guys so much and we will see you later see ya.